No, no, David Shaw doesn't know whom the 49ers are going to pick at number three. And no, David Shaw doesn't know who his starting quarterback is going to be this fall right now. So before you hit the stop button, though, don't 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 do it. We'll tell you what answers Shaw does have and what he is looking for in the weeks ahead. That's what we're here for, and we're glad you are joining us on this episode of the TreeCast with Troy Clarity, presented by the Believe Podcast Network, Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. Glad you're here with us. I'm Troy Clarity. A lot to get to on this episode of the show. No special guests, but you are going to hear a lot from Stanford football head coach David Shaw. You tend to hear a lot of his voice on the program, whether it's joining us for a one-on-one chat, which he's done three times, by the way. Can any other podcast say that? Probably not. And you're also going to hear a little bit from Thomas Booker, uh, one of the leaders of the Stanford squad, uh, the Stanford uh, defensive end. So a little bit from him, a lot from David Shaw, and a lot from you as well. Thank you for being a part of the program. I'm Troy Clarity, host of the show. In my seventh year of play-by-play with the Pac-12 Network, my 28th year overall of following Stanford sports, you can give me the follow on Twitter at Troy Clarity. The last name is spelled C-L-A-R-D-Y. And as always, I always welcome your, and relish. Actually, I don't like relish. I'm more of a mustard guy when I, on my hot dog. Just straight mustard, brown mustard. I'm fine with that. Um, I always appreciate your thoughts on uh, Stanford athletics and Stanford football. Best way to do that is uh, via uh, the hashtag, twi- hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. The hashtag TreeCast on Twitter. Always appreciate your thoughts and always appreciate you checking out the program via your favorite listening app, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart, TuneIn. We got you covered on the TreeCast. If you haven't subscribed yet, what are you waiting for? Do it now. Do it now. We are on an irregular posting schedule uh, for the foreseeable future, but when the football season rolls around for real, those of you who have been with us uh, on the TreeCast uh, since since we started doing these things in the 2015 season, what a year that was, those of you know full well the kind of content that uh, you can expect for the fall season. But up until then, we'll be coming at you irregularly. But when we do come at you, we'll bring it strong. We've got three things you need to know around Stanford Athletics, and we'll get to that in just a brief moment or so. But first... This reminder that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Three things you need to know. Around Stanford Athletics, a busy spring continues, and let's dive into it all with number one. Well, congratulations to Stanford Field Hockey for delivering another Cardinal Conference champion. Stanford beat Monmouth in double overtime to win the America East Conference Championship last weekend. Sarah Johnson delivering the game winner there, and yes, Stanford Field Hockey it does play in the America East Tournament. 
aren't enough teams, aren't enough programs on the West Coast uh, to a fully form a, a field hockey conference. Cardinal 10-2 on the season. Fantastic players like attacker Carenza Noli. Man, she's a lot of fun to watch. 17 goals on the year. And keeper Hannah Santos has done quite well for Stanford this season. Next up is the NCAA tournament. The Cardinal squaring off against Miami of Ohio in the first round on Friday morning of this week in Chapel Hill. And the winner there faces top overall seed North Carolina. Now, I've talked to Cardinal head coach Tara Danielson on numerous occasions uh, doing play-by-play -play for the Pac-12 Network on their field hockey packages uh, over the last couple of years. She's always chipper. She's always positive, even in negative circumstances. And she's no stranger to her team being road warriors. They spent much of this year on the road due to numerous considerations. And she says, hey, look, at Stanford, you're going to be a citizen of the world, right? Get used to traveling for work. And that's how she's kind of looked at it uh, coming into this year. And, of course, obviously, plenty of extra emotion and motivation this season because field hockey is slated to be eliminated at Stanford after the uh, close of the year. But congratulations to Stanford Field Hockey uh, for adding another conference championship. Congrats to them, and uh, I, I want to see them go as far as they can possibly go. Let's get to number two. And a shout-out to Stanford Women's Lacrosse for winning the Pac-12's regular season title. Cardinal went through Pac-12 play undefeated, and they will be the number one seed when they host the Pac-12 tournament next week. They were supposed to host it last year, but, well, you know. Stanford 9-0 on the season overall. Ali Bayako, man, she is slick and she is dangerous. One of the most lethal attackers in the country. As a top seed, Stanford gets a bye in the first round, so they'll face Arizona State in the semis next Thursday. Arizona State was supposed to play Oregon in the first round on Wednesday, but the Ducks had to pull out of the tournament due to COVID. On the other side of the bracket, three-seed Colorado takes on six-seed Cal on Wednesday. The winner there faces two-seed USC in the semis on Thursday. Championship Day, Saturday, May 8th. Every game will be on the Pac-12 Network with yours truly and Carol Lentz on the call. I talked to Stanford head coach Danielle Spencer before the season, and, and she admitted, look, she had zero idea what to expect heading into that opener in uh, late February against UC Davis. Now, since that point, I would imagine that for the most part, this season has gone beyond her expectations. They had a bit of COVID pause um, earlier this month, but we were able to get back in the fold and uh, to get some big wins to close out Pac-12 plays. So I'd imagine that for the most part, she's very happy with how this season has gone, but there's still more to do. A conference championship at stake, and that will be decided next week. Let's wrap up three things with number three. And after a pause for COVID, baseball is back in action. Cardinal lost its Pac-12 series versus Washington last weekend uh, due to COVID-19 issues within the Stanford program, but they are slated to be back at it on Wednesday afternoon against Pacific. And after that, a road trip this weekend for three down at USC. Cardinal in fourth place in the Pac-12 Offensively this year, Stanford's been terrific, light years ahead of their output last year where everything was just such a struggle. Uh, sophomore off outfielder Brock Jones has 10 home runs already. Senior Tim Tawa has enjoyed the season-long resurgence of the plate. And uh, fresh faces like uh, freshman infielder Drew Bowser, uh, junior defense, uh, ju junior uh, designated hitter Vincent Martinez, and senior infielder Nick Bruiser, they've been terrific. Pitching? 
Still a bit of a work in progress. Friday night starter Brendan Beck's been solid overall. The back end of the bullpen has been near lights out. Closer Zach Gretsch leading the way there. But the rest of the staff may be a little bit in flux as we head towards May. Fielding, market improvement there from the 2020 season. I mentioned Stanford's in fourth place in the Pac-12 this week. Uh, who's in the Pac-12's top spot this week? Arizona. Oh. Oh, and the Wildcats come to Stanford next weekend. It's sunken. Hmm. Keep that in mind, as that series could potentially decide maybe some things as the Pac-12 race heats up. Those are three things. Yeah, baseball, lacrosse, field hockey, softball, and spring football all getting going all at the same time. It's a great time of year and awesome to see everybody uh, going at full speed or at least as, 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 as fast as they can possibly can go. Um, don't forget Stanford men's soccer also uh, getting going in the NCAA tournament this week. But Stanford football finally on the field for its spring session, ramping up for the spring game on May the 22nd. The first practice was held on Tuesday afternoon. Good to see the guys back out on the field. And Stanford defensive end Thomas, big block booker with his thoughts on the first day. I think a lot of people were just happy to get back on the field because for me, I feel like I hadn't been um, in a jersey in so long, you know. So for us, like, I think it's really uh, a happy occasion where we actually get to kind of show where, where we're capable of on the field outside of just going in the weight room and grinding all that. Because that's great stuff, but at the end of the day, you do it to be able to perform on the field. Um, so it's been a long time coming for sure, but... I think the guys are super excited uh, to get back out there. And obviously, we're going to get a couple more guys back in the coming weeks um, that are shopping at the bit to, to be able to do something and put it on tape. So I'm excited about it. I think it was a good first day for us. Can I call Thomas Big Block? You know, going back to his big block in big game last year with the game on the line as he swatted away uh, Cal's extra point attempt to tie the game in the final minute. I'm calling, I'm calling him Big Block from now on. I hope he likes it. Anyway, uh, not everyone participated in the first day of practice on Tuesday. Uh, Player-wise, uh, still some guys on the mend from injuries suffered during the fall, some surgeries uh, that guys are still recuperating from. Not sure what that list is. That list was not revealed to us uh, in the media. And David Schaub did not participate on Tuesday either because he was on a plane to Cleveland where he'll be on set once again with Rich Eisen and crew for day one of the NFL Network coverage of the NFL Draft. That crew also including Charles Davis. You might know, you might not. Charles Davis, what a career he's had in broadcasting the last two decades. He was an associate athletic director at Stanford back in the mid-90s. Really cool dude. Really awesome to see what he's done uh, of late. But uh, David Shaw on that set in Cleveland for day one of the NFL Network's coverage of the NFL Draft coming up on Thursday. He'll be able to rejoin the team next week. Now, before Shaw left, he Zoomed with us media folk and shared his thoughts on Stanford football and the NFL draft. The biggest question for Stanford football, who's the quarterback going to be? Shaw was asked for his front runners. First and foremost, uh, don't believe in front runners. In order for it to be a true competition, um, we don't have a returning starter. If we did have a returning starter, he would be the front runner. Right now, we don't. Um, we have two guys at the top of the list, um, and that being Jack West and Tanner McKee. Um, uh, but we'll rotate those guys pretty evenly. Um, we'll still continue to watch and push and evaluate the other quarterbacks. Um, 
so that they're at their absolute best and, and see if they can get into the competition. We'll see. So no front runners at this point, although that being said, Tanner McKee and Jack West appear to be at the top of the list. Now, what's interesting is that it took it took the it took until 20 minutes into the media session before somebody finally asked about an open quarterback battle. And uh, David Shaw said, "Hey, I'm, I'm I'm proud of this group, proud of this media group for taking 20 minutes to get into an open quarterback battle." That may have been sarcasm. I don't know. I I thought it was funny, but. McKee and West at the top of the list, Isaiah Sanders, uh, perhaps not in the starting quarterback mix unless he does some fantastic things, but you'll see him on the field in special situations as you did last fall. And Ari Patu, the, the freshman who came in as an early enrollee, uh, one of the first in Stanford history, uh, Shaw said about him, quote, he's learning a lot. I imagine that he is. But but McKee and West, the top two that everyone are going, that everyone seems to be watching um, as this uh, quarterback battle really heats up on the field. And I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw both of them get significant time, even during the season. Uh, last year, we didn't see a whole lot of West or McKee. Of course, they both played in that first game against Oregon when Davis Mills had that wonky uh, COVID test come up, uh, come up positive uh, before the Oregon game. And then Jack West and, and Tanner McKee had to get thrown to the Wolves. Uh, West played much better against Oregon, certainly than he did in his previous appearance in that weird game against UCLA in 2019. And, and Tanner McKee throws a nice ball. I was impressed with what I saw from him in that brief appearance against the Ducks last fall. I hope he's hit the weight room since then. Now, you know Shaw because when it comes to quarterback competitions, he's not going to rush things. And I can, I can see some of you out there rolling your eyes already, but he, he's not going to rush things. He's not going to be in, in a hurry to declare someone the starter right away, right from jump. And you, you go back to uh, Stanford offensive coordinator Tavita Pritchard's thoughts when we had him on the TreeCast last week. If you missed that chat, go back and check it out. But go back to Tavita Pritchard's thoughts on quarterback competitions last week. He's coached quarterbacks through competitions before. Heck, he's been in them before. I was at that 2009 spring game, and I thought Tavita Pritchard played a B, B-plus game that night. Problem for him was that Andrew Luck played an A game, and Luck won the job. And the rest was history. So, so he knows what it's like being in a quarterback competition. I, I found those comments by him on our chat with him last week very, very intriguing. But wouldn't surprise me at all if you saw a lot of West and McKee even stretching into the season and through the season. Unless one guy stands head and shoulders above the rest right from jump. Get used to seeing a good deal of both West and McKee going forward. Now, I had two specific questions for David Shaw during his Monday media Zoom with us. Before we get into those two questions, first, a moment to tell you about Just Live. Uh, look, it's a stressful time. Uh, you might be losing some sleep. You might have trouble focusing, keeping your energy up, and keeping your immune system, which is extra important in this day and age, uh, keeping it 100% uh, up and ready to go. If that's you, might want to consider Just Live, who just came out with their new CBD gummy line. They have six different flavors and functions, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. They're vegan and low sugar. Just Live was founded by professional athletes Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product they could trust and could stand behind. Buy one, get one free of the new gummies line with code SUPPORT. 
at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. Back to David Shaw and some of his thoughts on his Monday media Zoom. And I had two questions for David Shaw. Those two questions here and now. What's at stake this spring? What answers would you like to have uh, by close of business May 22nd that you might not necessarily have right now? You know, the end of spring for me so much is, is the temperature check. You know, where are we? Um, the beginning of spring, it's the same thing, right? Okay, where are we at the beginning of spring? Who's had a great offseason? Who's bigger, faster, stronger? Who has improved in some way, shape, or form from the last time we saw these guys on the field? Um, and, and then who has a ways to go? And then take that temperature again at the end of spring. Um, so what I'd love to see at the end of spring is continue to see the leadership rise, um, which I think it's already started certain spots. You know, um, guy like Thomas Booker, who's voted the captain last year, being even more vocal because um, we lost some great leadership uh, on both sides of the ball um, and really watching these guys continue to step up. Uh, that's what I'm excited to see uh, on the field. Hey, we've had, we had so, we've had so many injuries on the defensive side, getting some of these guys back and getting a glimpse of them, even if they're just doing the limited roles, right? We're not going to try to kill anybody uh, that's coming off an injury, but we'd love to see them get on the field, at least get through some individual, go through some drills. Um, we're talking about guys like Ricky Niaison, um, which we think has just such a high ceiling. And we've been, we've just played the last two years without him and knowing that he's got a chance to be outstanding. Jacob Manga Ferrar in that same boat, um, you know, two guys we think have a really good chance uh, to come back and really, really impact this football team, but also encouraged about what Levani Damuni uh, came and did last year, lead us in, leading us in tackles and seeing him take that next step. Um, so that's just one position, but it's kind of all over the place. Those guys that have been out, Loa Kafusi, I'm just finally healthy, excited to see him get on the field. It's been really two years since we've seen him uh, be that big uh, athletic uh, young man that, that we know he's got a chance to be. Um, at the same time, uh, Toby Umera. Um, so these are, I just mentioned four guys that we think in some way, shape or form are going to impact this football team that we didn't have last year. Um, but once again, guys coming off of injuries, um, by pushing this back, the one thing that we had to be really, really cautious of is now we're kind of buttoned up against the beginning of summer. Usually we finish April 15th, April 16th, something like that. And the guys have a long time before we start training in June. Now there's that quick turnaround. Um, so we're going to be really smart. We're not going to tackle a whole bunch. Um, we're going to really work on the focus or, or, or work on and focus on our drills and our skills and um, our seven on seven and some of the competitive things uh, as a team, uh, but really focus on guys getting better. Um, <clears throat> on the on the offensive side, we've got some young guys that uh, we think are going to impact this team. Um, that didn't have a chance last year. A couple of young running backs, a couple of young receivers. <clears throat> um, uh, you know, uh, uh, so I, we're excited to see those guys take the next step. So there's a lot of things. I, I, by the end of spring, I want to see where we are. Um, and on the defensive side, with all those guys missing out, missing, and some of the uneven play on the defensive side. You know, hey, really putting the pressure on. Hey, we're not putting pressure on you for learning the entire playbook, right? We want to do what's right, be in the right spot, make the plays you're supposed to make, and build confidence from there. So that's that's kind of what we're looking at as we get towards the end of spring. Second thing, uh, what do you enjoy most about doing your work with the NFL Network for the draft? And what's been the coolest moment for you uh, on, on that set so far? 
to what I enjoy, it's really interesting. And for my first few years doing it, people kept saying, are you doing that because you're getting back in the NFL? You're just like keeping, keeping those contacts. I said, absolutely not. What, what my time in particular at the Oakland Raiders did for me, it didn't just make me appreciate the draft. Um, working with Al Davis made me fall in love with the draft. I, mean, I love the process. Um, all 32 teams have hope and excitement. All 32 uh, fan bases, we're going to get better. Um, every single draft pick is like, this is the beginning of their lives. Like, this is like the best day in the entire calendar of the NFL. It is the best day for everybody. Everybody has a chance, and, to, and especially to be on set and be in that environment. And I'm so happy that fans are going to be there. The energy and excitement, it is, it is tantamount to a football game, especially a football game that you're winning by 20 points, right? That, that's that feeling that everybody has. Um, it, it's, that's really what I love about it. I love the process. Um, I love looking at guys, and it also helps me as I watch all these, because yeah, I'm, I'm just doing the first round, so I'm doing all the really good players, but I'm also watching their offenses and watching the defense they played against. I'm getting different ideas. Uh, I, I think that, that helps me expand and grow, and I get a chance to sometimes call. Um, so sometimes I feel like, a, like, a, like a, an NFL scout because um, I'll call someone and say, hey, you know, I'm just looking at your guy. What can you tell me about him? Right. I, had, I talked to Gary Patterson about his safety. Um, that, that's going to be a first round draft pick. So I got some inside information there. So to know a little bit more about these guys and get into the process is, is just a lot of fun. It's something to be part of. And um, by the time we get even through, it's a long process. We get to the 30 second pick and we do that sign off. All of us are still kind of jazzed you know, because it's so great. But um, the, the cool moments, it's, it's really hard to say, um, you know, to be on set when any of our guys get drafted, you know, from Andrew Luck and David DeCastro, that, that the first, the first one that I did, um, to, I mean, all of our guys that have gone in the first round, um, to, uh, to Josh Garnett, to Andrus Pete, um, uh, it's anytime anybody gets drafted, it's great. But when I'm there on set on TV and, I feel so proud to have played my part in that young person's life to get to that, that point, right. To watch Solomon Thomas and Christian McCaffrey both go in the top 10 uh, and to know first and foremost that I didn't screw them up. Um, but it just gave them an opportunity to grow and be great because they're special players and special people. Um, that's just, a, especially the way that I do my job, which I know I have a lot of guys that are like me and, and maybe some that aren't, um, I, as I said earlier, I see my job. Yes, I'm a football coach, but I'm a mentor for young people. And to be a part of someone's process to, 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 to live their dreams, um, there, there's, really, there's really not much to compare for professionally. Yeah, look, the draft, is, is, it's a cool moment. It's a cool day. It's maybe become a bit overblown. <laughs> it's become certainly a huge, tremendous monster, certainly over the past couple of years, it seems. But still a cool moment where a lot of young men get to realize dreams, man, and everyone has hope, except for maybe Jets fans. But everyone feels good about, about what the future could possibly hold. It's one of the few times and one of the few days of the year where that likely applies to just about every single NFL team. But really good stuff for, from David Shaw there. And, and I, I thought back immediately to when uh, Andrus Pete 
went 13th overall in 2015 to New Orleans, and David Shaw was on set with the NFL Network that day, and the camera cut to him, and man, the the, the, the grin on, on, on David Shaw's face, he was like, like Bill King, the old Raiders announcer would say. He, his grin was from ear to ear. He looked like a split watermelon. Cool moment for him, and obviously uh, Christian McCaffrey and Solomon Thomas going top 10 uh, in the same year. That was pretty neat, too. Now, will David Shaw be on set when Davis Mills' name gets called? Possible. Possible. Not out of the realm of possibility as Davis Mills could potentially be a late first rounder. Who knows? Who knows? If that happens, I know what the next camera shot's going to be. It's going to be to a beaming David Shaw sitting right there on the set in Cleveland. And look, this is, what, his ninth year, I believe, doing this. And look, it's a, it's a positive for the program, as he mentioned, because certainly it's a great, great way to get exposure for the Stanford football program. And he's quick to note that, hey, Stanford has more NFL draft picks than any other Pac-12 school. And those ranks will grow. Davis Mills. Simi Fajoko, Walker Little, Paulson Adebo, those guys will lead the way. Uh, Drew Dahlman will be in the mix. Scooter Harrington, perhaps. Curtis Robinson, too. So those ranks of, of Stanford NFL draft picks will certainly grow this upcoming weekend. And David Shaw may be on set, may actually be in the building on Thursday when one of them perhaps actually goes. But his thoughts on what's at stake for Stanford this spring on the field in the spring session, I thought were, were super intriguing. And beyond the leadership part of it, which you know mostly involves things that we cannot see, those of us uh, outside of the program, uh, you know, besides that, you know, the on-field things. And I'm looking forward to, to circling some folks that we haven't really seen a whole lot of for various reasons to this point for the Cardinal. We saw flashes of E.J. Smith. Uh, David Shaw mentioned some running backs that, that we haven't seen a whole lot of this year. And, I, and E.J. Smith immediately popped to mind. As we saw flashes of him, a little bit of playing time here and there, a snap here and there, his freshman season last year, what could his role be alongside Austin Jones, whom I, oh, I really enjoyed watching, and Nathaniel Pete as well? What could his role be? I'm looking forward to perhaps getting a bit more clarification on that. And defensively, a lot of this season revolves around whether Ricky Miazon and Jacob Magnum Farrar can A, stay healthy and continue to develop and grow. Both of those guys lost very early in the season last year. Again, I liked what I saw from Miazon in his brief appearance in the season opener against Oregon. Saw some nastiness, saw some big hits, some big sticks from Miazon. And, and, and Magnum Ferrara could very well be in that mix, too. Like Levani Damuni at inside linebacker, he was one of my newcomers of the year. I was really impressed with him last season. But he can't do it alone. Can Miazon and Magnum Ferrar uh, stay healthy and continue to grow? That's going to be critical, a critical part of the process. So those are just a couple guys that, that I'm, I'm going to be keeping a, a special eye on whether they're on or off the field this upcoming spring, which is underway. It's not, it's not upcoming. It's actually here. Here we go. <laughs> spring game on May 22nd. Can't wait for that. In the meantime, I'd love to get your thoughts on, on, on whom you are particularly interested in keeping an eye on this spring. Best way to do that is to hit me up via Twitter, the hashtag TreeCast. Hashtag TreeCast. Always appreciate your thoughts 
on all things Stanford Athletics. Again, subscribe, rate, review, download, and react. React to the show. You know, you've got a favorite, you've got a preferred message board for Stanford football. I know they're out there. And for Stanford Athletics, hey, react to the show. You know, tell folks, hey, I heard this on the TreeCast. That Clarity guy's an idiot. Well, I prefer you didn't say stuff like that, but if it's what you actually feel, you know, okay, hey, you do you, I guess. But, you know, react to the show, spread the word, tell Stanford fans that you know uh, about the show. As uh, It's been fun. It's certainly been fun to do uh, throughout, and I certainly cannot wait. Uh, to uh, dive into things much more deeply when we actually have a season to talk about in the fall. But in the meantime, cool to ca- talk about on-field stuff during the spring session. Our thanks to the folks whom you heard from briefly on this show, Thomas Booker, Big Block Booker, joining us on the program, as well as Stanford head coach David Shaw. As always, the biggest thanks going out to you for joining us on the show. And we will come at you Next time, don't drink and drive. If you do, you're the dumbest person on the planet. That always holds. And even though guidelines appear to be changing and things are getting better, be smart and wear your mask. Mask or your casket. That still applies. We'll talk to you next time, whenever that time might be. This has been the TreeCast with Troy Clarity on the Believe Podcast Network, presented by Bet Online.